as we continue in worship and we go to God's word, we find ourselves in a new season, a new year. We've likely set some new goals. I mean, it started perhaps back in October with just a few pieces of chocolate and that rolled into November with just a few plates of stuffing. And in December, we're like, hey, you know, why don't we just keep a good thing going? And so we did. And yet here we are in this new year and we're like, oh, you know what? We're going to set some new resolutions. And likely, if you're like me, you've set the new resolution to get back into shape. Now, as Beller Church, we are less concerned about your physical fitness goals, but we're more concerned about you and I getting into spiritual shape. Spiritual shape. What do I mean by spiritual shape? Well, we believe that God has uniquely shaped each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. In fact, this SHAPE is an acronym. It was originally coined by Pastor Eric, uh, Eric Rees and Pastor Rick Warren with Saddleback Church. And like every good pastor, it's an acronym. It stands for your spiritual gifts. That's the S. And, and H is about your heart, your passions. And A is about your abilities. And P is about your personality. And E is about your experiences. And all of these things when working together, interacting with each other, they make up your unique shape because God has shaped you. God has formed you on purpose and for purpose. And so that's what we're gonna be exploring in this new season, this shape season with Bel Air Church. We're gonna be exploring this acronym of shape. And to do so this morning, we're going to jump in by going to God's word and found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And after reading this passage, I'm going to say like we do every week, this is the reading of God's word. And if you believe it to be true, join me in saying thanks be to God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. For just as the body is one and has many members... And all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were uh, hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think are less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, 
giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This is the reading of God's word. Thanks be to God. Now, I don't know about you, but I have received some gifts recently that have to do with me either getting into shape or me staying in shape. Is this true for you as well? You know, as I looked on Google, I just did a quick Google search of like, what were the top Christmas gifts of this past season? And did you know that like one of the top Christmas gifts this year was pickleball paddles? Are you familiar with pickleball? It's this amazing sport with like a silly name. It's imagine if um, you took tennis and you uh, married it with wiffle ball and then you married it with a smash ball. You know that smash ball game we play at the beach? Like you take those three things and put them all together, all together and you get pickleball. Now pickleball is, uh, is played on half the court, but it's twice the fun. You know, that's not really their slogan, but I, I can imagine them saying something like that. But it's this amazing game that everyone seems to be going crazy over. It actually hit one of the top lists of Christmas gifts this year. I'm just blown away by that. Uh, some other top gifts include massage guns. Anyone get a massage gun this year? Uh, perhaps you got some adjustable dumbbells because you want to work out. Maybe you got a new health tracker. They're making health trackers and jewelry. You can wear them as rings. You know, all these things. Why do we ask for these things? Why do we give these things as gifts? It's because we have this desire. We have um, this new resolution to get back into shape. That's what we want to do this year, is we want to get back into shape. But some of you might already say to yourself, I'm already in shape. But what happens if one aspect of your body is just a little bit out of alignment? What happens? You know this, if you're a football player and you have a dislocated shoulder, I don't care how strong you are, you're out of the game. If you are a soccer player and your knee is, is bent out of whack, you're out of the game. If you're a runner and your ankle is busted, you are out of the race. If one aspect of your body is out of alignment, it messes with the whole. The same is true for us as the church. You know, uh, when I say church, I don't mean a building. I don't mean a location. I don't mean an hour on Sunday. I mean a people that you and I, we are the church. And even more than that, scripture tells us that we are even more, we're described as the body of Christ, the body of Christ. And so with that, we, we need to look at how are we in shape? How are we in alignment as the body of Christ? You know, when something is out of alignment, it messes everything up. You know this to be true. This is why you have a standing desk. Likely you have a standing desk. I mean, it feels like every single one of my friends has a standing desk these days because when we sit and we're sedentary, it creates this bad posture. We start to slump over and, and, it, and it wreaks havoc on our backs. But yet now a standing desk, no, that's like, 
that was so 2018. You know, like that doesn't even cut anymore. If you're really serious about getting into shape, not only do you have a standing desk, but you have like a treadmill underneath your standing desk. Do you know people do this? Like if you were in a Zoom meeting recently, you likely didn't know that not only were you in a meeting, but you were also going on a walk with the person that you were meeting with. You know, up on top, it's all business. But down below, it's all what we call activewear. Activewear, it's not casual, it's not business casual. No, it's business competitive. I mean, come on, we got our activewear. Actually, that was an old phrase. It's now called, I think it's more, uh, it has a better name for it. It's called athleisure. You know, we have this athleisure wear. Athleisure, it's just as if we need we feel this, this sense of need to always be ready or something. Is that why we wear this athleisure wear? Like, we never know when a workout, we might find ourselves in a workout. Like, we might go and get some um, leadership training, and it might turn into some circuit training. We just don't know, you know? Like, I went to work, but it turned into a workout. Like, why do we wear this athleisure everywhere we go? But we do. We want to be in shape. We want to get back into shape. No matter how in shape you are, if one part of your body is out of alignment, man, it messes with the whole. So when God calls us the body of Christ, God means for us to fit together, to fit together in community with one another, that we might be in alignment with one another, and that when we are in alignment with one another, we are called the body of Christ, the body of Christ. And it's our God-given responsibility to actually build up this body, to build up the body of Christ. So the fact is, is that we belong to one another. We need one another. We are united to one another. And all of this is true. And none of this would be true if it weren't for Jesus Christ. Life with Christ is life together. And so with this, as the members of the body of Christ... Again, this is not a denominational body. This is not a political body. This is not even a Bel Air church body. This is so much bigger than that. So much more than that. Bel Air church is an expression of something far greater than our individual preferences. See, we belong to Jesus. You and I, you and I are members of the body of Christ and as members of the body of Christ, I want us to focus on three things this morning. One, that we are shaped by God, that we are shaped on purpose, and we are shaped for purpose. So let's go back to the text. The fact that we are shaped by God. In fact, we're going to go back to Scripture from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2. I love how the author of Genesis describes how God is involved and how we've been shaped. Listen to this, Genesis 2, verse 7. The Lord God formed the human from the topsoil of the fertile land and blew life's breath into his nostrils, and the human came to life. I love that. I love that imagery of God as a gardener or God as a potter with clay, just getting his hands dirty, like connected with us, shaping us, forming us, molding us into who God desires for us to be and then breathing into us breath, life. 
that God is so involved in the way in which you and I have been created, perhaps even crafted. I love that imagery. God forms us out of the dust of the ground. God makes us come alive. God is the one who shapes us. We are God's workmanship. And God makes beautiful things out of dust, doesn't he? Isn't that true about who God is? I mean, from the very beginning of Genesis, even till today, God can make beautiful things out of dust. And God continues to do that in your life. So all throughout scripture, we hear this refrain. This isn't new to us. This isn't something that just stayed in Genesis. No, in the prophet Jeremiah says, it is the God who forms us. It is God who forms us. Job goes on and says, God made him just like a potter would with clay. The prophet Isaiah affirms this and says, God is the one who shapes you and is the one who forms all things. God is the creator, is, is involved in the shaping of all things. And it goes on and on throughout scripture. But I love how the psalmist describes this. If you've never read Psalms 139, I would encourage you today to read the fullness of Psalms 139. I just love how the psalmist expresses his relationship with God, being shaped by God. But listen to this in Psalms 139, verse 13 through 14. The psalmist says this, for it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. I know that very well. And once again, this, the psalmist is affirming that it is God who is the one who forms. God is the one who knits together. It was God who shapes us. But I love how he takes it farther. He goes into this in verse 14. He says, I praise you. I praise you. Why? Because the psalmist is reflecting on his personhood and saying, huh, you made me awesome, God. You made me wonderful, God. And it's like, whoa, is that arrogant? No, he's appreciating the work, the way in which God has shaped him uniquely and said, God, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You have made me awesome. You have made me wonderful. I, I just am struck by that. I don't know the last time that I've reflected on myself and said, God, you have made me awesome. You've made me wonderful. When was the last time that you did that? Well, you took a moment and just reflected on how God has his hands on your life and said, wow, God, you do great work. You do amazing work. Awesome and wonderful are the works of God's hands. And God made you. You are awesome. <laughs> You are wonderful. I know that because I know the one who made you. See, we hear this again in the New Testament in Ephesians chapter two. The apostle Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. And he says that we are what God has made us. You know, that doesn't really quite get at what he was doing there. I think that there's other translations that might uh, better articulate what Paul was trying to get at. See, some translations say that we are God's workmanship, that we are God's handiwork. The Greek there is the word poema. 
Now, some might say that that sounds a lot like the English word poem, and I just love the imagery that comes out of that, that that God is writing in us a poem or a song. But the reality is, is that God is, that we are his handiwork, and God does good work like an expert artisan. When God has his hands on you, you become a masterpiece. You are a work of art. I love that, that we are God's poema. God gives this image of a master artist or a musician, an architect or a conductor, that God is an expert artisan and that you are God's masterpiece. There's no one sculpture or painting or song or lyric or structure or poem or piece that is uniquely like you. Think about that. I just love that. It just makes, it like brings so much joy that you are so unique and that you are so uniquely beautiful. You know, we know this. Uh, we see different examples of art in our culture. And Claude Monet in his famous painting, The Water Lilies, how beautiful that piece of art is. You have Vincent van Gogh and his starry night, how unique the brush strokes are in that painting, just how that image, that scene comes alive and is described is so unique. And Salvador Dali's The Persistence of Memory, so different than the previous two paintings. And yet that is a beautiful, famous work of art. You know, every piece of art is created on purpose and for purpose. Some art tells a story. Some art is designed to convey a message. Some art uh, is meant to evoke an emotion in us and others are simply to meet a need. But yet all are appreciated. Every work of art is appreciated by the hands of its creator. And yet sometimes... When we look ourselves in the mirror, when we consider the way in which God has uniquely made us, we don't always appreciate our uniqueness. We often allow others' opinions to inform us and to inform the way in which we value our personhood. But when we go to the maker, God tells us how valuable we really are. You know, there's a book that I read to my son quite regularly. It's a book written by Max Lucado. It's a book called You Are Special. And uh, I just am so struck by this book as I read it to my son, because I really want him to really grab hold of this message, to really understand his beautiful uniqueness and his identity. You know, it's a story about a woodworker. His name is Eli. And he crafted all of these wood figures in this, this, this little city, and they're all called Wemmicks. And, and there's this one particular Wemmick called, uh, let me make sure I say it right, Punchinello. Uh, Punchinello. See, I see, even say it wrong. My son corrects me all the time. He's like, Daddy, it's Punchinello. Okay, so Punchinello is this one figure who, you know, all these different Wemmicks go about their day, and they have stars or they have dots, and they go about their day and they see another Wemmick and they either give that Wemmick a star or they give that Wemmick a dot. You get a star if you do something extraordinary. 
And you get a dot if you're ordinary or if you're subpar in some way. And so they just go around each and every day giving and collecting stars or dots. And, and this one particular Wemmick, Punchinello, had a lot of dots and no stars. But he had a friend who didn't have either stars nor dots. And he wanted to live a life without stars and without dots. And so he goes to his maker. He goes to Eli. And that's where we pick up the story. Eli says this, Punchinello. The, the voice was deep and strong. Punchinello stopped. Punchinello, how good to see you. Come and let me have a look at you. Punchinello turned slowly and looked at the large bearded craftsman. You know my name? The little Wemek asked. Of course I do. I made you. Eli stopped, stooped down and picked him up and set him on a bench. Hmm. The maker spoke thoughtfully as he looked at the gray dots. Looks like you've been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli replied. I tried really hard. Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other Wemmicks think. You don't? No, and you shouldn't either. You are, who are they to give stars or dots? They are Wemmicks just like you. What they think doesn't matter, Punchinello. All that matters is what I think. And I think you are pretty special. Puccinello laughed. Me? <laughs> Why? I can't walk fast. I can't jump. My pain is peeling. Why, why do I matter to you? Then Eli looked at Puccinello, put his hands on those small wooden shoulders and spoke very slowly. Because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. I love that imagery. Yes, it's a children's book, but we read this to our kids because we want our kids to believe this to be true because it is true. Who they are is highly valued, not because of what they do, but because of whose they are. And yet as we grow as adults, we lose sight of this. We lose sight of the one who has shaped us and how beautiful, how wonderful, how awesome we are because we are the workmanship. We are the masterpiece of the master artisan. God has shaped you and God makes beautiful things out of dust. So we move on into this second thought of how God has not only shaped you and me, but God shapes us on purpose. On purpose, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll read from verses 14 through 18. The Apostle Paul says this, Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. You have been shaped by God on purpose. 
And you are vital to the overall health of the body. Have you ever considered this? There's two things in this that I want you to catch. One, that you're needed. You're needed. And two, you need others. So let's go to the first. You are needed. You can't go around, Paul says, comparing yourselves to other parts of the body and saying, you know what? I'm not really needed here. No, you can't do that. The foot can't say to the hand, I'm not needed. Any more than the ear can say to the eye, I'm not needed. We can't do that. In fact, there was this, uh, this time where recently I'm running on Dirt Mulholland here in Los Angeles and I'm running and I'm uh, getting close to the turnaround point. I'm about at mile four and I'm gonna turn around and all of a sudden I like have this sense and this mountain biker sneaks up behind me. You might be thinking to yourself, like, how does a mountain biker sneak up on anyone? Well, I had my eyes focused straight ahead, but my ears were closed off because I had my headphones on a bit too loud. I didn't hear him. And so he's biking up behind me and I'm like, oh my gosh. And he's like, how did I, how did I surprise you? I, I had my ears off. I, I, I couldn't, I, I didn't know you were there. And his comment to me was like, good thing I wasn't a mountain lion. I'm like, yeah, oh my gosh, I'm turning around right now. Like at that moment, I freaked out. I was like, why? Should I be concerned about mountain lions right now at this time of day in this location? It doesn't matter. If he were a mountain lion, I would have been toast. I would have been breakfast. Like they're just, I couldn't just depend on my eyes. I needed my ears. We know this. We, we, recently, my uh, father-in-law was uh, teaching my son and he was saying, you know, as we're playing in the street, he lives in a cul-de-sac, he lives in this neighborhood. As we're playing in this street, you might not see the car, because, but you could hear the car before you see it. And so he was teaching my son, hey, pay attention to your ears. You, if you just depend on your eyes, and you lose sight of your ears, you might not see the car coming, but you could hear it coming from a mile away. I just thought that was so interesting based upon what, what Apostle Paul is saying right here. Do we need our eyes? Are our eyes helpful? Yes. But do we need our ears? A hundred percent. A hundred percent, yes. Listen, if you are an ear of the church and you're saying to yourself, I'm not needed, listen, you are vital. You are so important. If you are a foot of the church, of the body of Christ, and you're thinking to yourself, because I'm not a hand or because I'm not a head or because I'm not an eye, I'm not needed. You are so needed. We need you to help us move. We need you to help us get out of the way of danger. Like you are vital to the health of the body. See, each and every one of us are unique. And each and every one of us are essential to the body of Christ, to the life of this body. And secondly, not only you know, do we need, are you needed, but we need others. We can't just depend on ourselves. You can't go around, Paul says, comparing yourself to others and determining that, you know what, I don't need you. Ah, man, that, I feel like that's the one that resonates the most for me is like, so many times it's like, we can go around life. I don't need you. I don't need you. First Corinthians 12, verse 20 says, as it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. 
nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Indispensable. You are indispensable. I mean, can you think about it? The eyes don't need hands. Like, really? Eyes? Can we really say that? We don't need our hands just because you see something. Doesn't mean that you can do anything about it. You might have a 60,000 foot perspective. You might be able to see a mile into the future, but you need the hands of the body to actually do the work for us to get there. You know, think about it. He goes on to say, he says, the head, the head's, you can't say, I don't need the feet. Runners know this. I know this. Like if I know with my head where I need to go on the path, it doesn't mean that I actually can get there. No, I need to rely on my feet. It's my feet that carry me. I need to honor my feet. And as I'm kind of saying all this, the more I talk about hands and feet, the more I'm reminded, man, I would love a good hand or foot massage right about now. Like that sounds so good to me. But we need to honor, honor all parts of the body. Each one of us are unique. Each one of us are indispensable. We need all of us together in alignment, functioning out of our shape for us to successfully function as the body of Christ. The Apostle Paul is basically saying we're all shaped by God on purpose. And he goes on, he says, and we are shaped for purpose. In fact, in his letter to the church in Ephesus, he says this in Ephesians 2.10, we read this earlier where it says that we are God's workmanship. We are God's handiwork. We are God's craftsmanship. Why? Why has God created us? Well, we've been created in Christ Jesus for good works. I love how uh, Pastor Eugene Peterson, when he was alive, he, he wrote this in the message translation. He said, he, God, he meaning God, created each of us by Christ Jesus. Why? To join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. Isn't that beautiful that we are created by God on purpose, for purpose. That we as the body of Christ get to join God in God's work. We're not just members of a body to be in leisure wear. No, we are in active wear. We are actually to go and participate with God because we are the body of Christ. We are shaped by God on purpose and for purpose. We are the body of Christ and we get to do the work of God with God. I just love that. Hebrews chapter 11, if you have time today to, to read Hebrews chapter 11, you'll find that in that there is just this long list of examples of very unique individuals that are being used by God for an extraordinary purpose. You are a unique individual. And when you are in alignment with the rest of the body together as the body of Christ, we are designed for God's extraordinary purposes that we get to participate in the things of God with God. We join God in what God is doing in the world. We get to do this. So I ask you, what is your God-given purpose? What have you been uniquely shaped 
to be your kingdom contribution for God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. In order to know this, I believe that we need to get into shape. Now, I'm not talking about physical fitness. I'm talking about our spiritual shape. Do you know your spiritual gifts? Do you know what moves your heart? Do you know what abilities you possess or your unique personality? Have you reflected on your past experiences and how all of this, when put together, when shaped together, molded together, it it forms you. It forms the ministry that God has for you. It forms you so that you might be able to give that kingdom contribution. Do you know your shape? Do you know your shape? Do you know how you fit into the body of Christ? See, once you've assessed your shape, then you can align your shape with the rest of the body. And we want to align our shape because we want to activate the body of Christ in order to achieve God's purposes in the world. There's a reason why we're a part of the body of Christ. It's so that we can participate with God in the things that God wants to do in the world. There's a purpose behind it. Now, your kingdom contribution is not limited, hear me, it's not limited to church. It's not limited to things that you might do uh, within a church context. It, It could be. There are great ways in which you can serve within your local church body. But this is not just limited to that. For the average person, it's going to be you living this out in your everyday everywhere you are, with everyone you're with. This is you in your workplace. This is you in your neighborhood. This is you on the sports fields. This is you wherever you are. You get to participate with God in what God wants to do. You know, for some, yeah, it might mean that we actually substitute our nine to five and we actually move into full-time ministry. But likely it's gonna be in your everyday. Remember, you are a vital member of the body of Christ. But I I have a question. Are you aligned? Have you aligned yourself with the rest of the body? Do you know your shape? Do you know your best fit? Or are you out of alignment? Do you have no idea as to what your purpose is? Are you disconnected from the body of Christ? See, we want, as Beller Church, we want you to learn your shape. We want to help you get into spiritual shape. That's what this whole season of of shape is all about, is us learning our shape, assessing our shape, and aligning our shape for ministry. We get to do this together. And as a community, we want to be in the best shape that we can be. So first, this requires that all of us, that we might know our individual contribution to the overall body. We need to know how we fit We need to know whether we're a hand or a foot or an eye or a head. In order to do that, we got to assess our shape. It requires that we discover our shape. And I want to let you know that we have a tool to help you do that. We have a shape assessment tool that I want to encourage you today to register for. Now, how do you do this? You know, some some of us might just join online. You might be watching online. You, you might participate in worship. You might even serve in some way remotely or even on our physical campus. But we want to help you get into shape. And so how do you take this shape assessment tool? Well, you do this. You, right now, you can either scan the QR code that's on the screen or you can go to belair.org forward slash shape 
and register today. Get connected into the community that is Bel Air Church. And when you get connected with Bel Air Church, we're going to send you this shape assessment tool. It's going to be amazing. It's going to take you a little bit of time. And at the end of it, you're going to be able to reflect on how God has his hands on you. How God has uniquely formed you and shaped you into the person that God wants you to be. God's not even done with you yet, but God has done something amazing and wonderful in you. And I want you to discover it. I want you to live into it. I want all of us to live into it as the body of Christ, that we might be aligned. So go to belair.org forward slash shape and register today. Once you get an account, we're going to send you a link that's going to allow you to uh, access the shape assessment. It's really self-explanatory. Go ahead and take it. But once you take it, this is what I want you to do. I want you to share it. It's one thing for you to know, but does your friend know your shape? Now, your friend might know your abilities. They might know uh, what you do for a living. They might even know some of your past experiences because they actually shared those experiences with you. But does your friend know your spiritual gifts? I wonder, does your friend know what moves your heart? They might know your personality and experiences and abilities, but I want them to know you. I want you to be known. And then I want you to take that after you shared it with a friend. I want you to reach out to the church and I want you to get connected into an opportunity, an opportunity to activate, to activate your shape, to be able to be used, to be that hand, not just to know your hand, but to actually be a hand within the body of Christ. You can do all of this through this tool. So I want you to do that today. But I'll leave you with this. We can only achieve, we can only achieve God's extraordinary purposes in the world when we are united together as the body of Christ. To be united, we have to discover our shape. So I invite you to stay, to join us in this season as we discover our shape together. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the way in which you've made us. We thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are awesome and wonderfully made because you are our maker, because you've had your hands all over us from the very beginning. You still have your hands on us. You are still working on us. You are not finished with us yet. So Lord, we are excited. We're excited to discover the way in which you've made us, the way in which you've shaped us. And then we want to give that to you. We want to be soft clay in your hands. We want to be molded and shaped by you. We want to give you our shape to be used by you because you, you have extraordinary things that you want to do in this world. And we want to join you in it. So Lord, as we enter into this shape season, we do this for your glory. We want you to be known, Jesus. And so I pray all these things in your name and for your glory. Amen.